And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 70 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby, here with Mark Craig and Anna McCullough. Uh, Mark, how are you doing today? Oh, my court date was fine. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Um, Mopery, I believe, was the charge. Mopery? I'm the mopey one in this group? No, no, no. It's a Revenge of the Nerds reference. I know that movie has a, a lot of problems, but Mopery is in there. Uh, it just it stuck with me since what I was a problems? kid. What problems? I'm curious. What problems does Revenge of the Nerds yeah, have? What, what you should watch through? it again. Well, It'll I, come... I, Oh, oh, all the eighties movies. All the I got no. I'm I wasn't. No, you're right. That one is like of all the eighties movies. Like even when I was like ten, watching that, I was like, it is problematic. No, essentially every eighties movie, the interactions between the male protagonist and his female love interest. You're like, that is actually a crime. It's a crime. Like that. That was. I just watched a crime played for laughs. Yeah. No bueno. Nerds. And yet, yeah. Stick. all right, Andy, how are you doing? No, yeah, it's great to be here with uh, Guy Skitch Patterson, the drummer from The Wonders. <laughs> Mark, you never saw that thing you do? I guess you're not wearing shades. So uh, it's great here to be with uh, Jimmy, the lead singer of Jimmy and the Herdsman. Andy's still buzzing off his interview with War on Drugs guy. I did, I did talk to the lead singer from The War on Drugs yesterday. So take that, that Grant. Cool. Yeah, that was very cool. That specific dad rock band missed me. Like entirely. Really? Like I, yeah. Like I've I've heard a couple songs and they it just oh. never. Yeah. No. I mean, trust me. Like I I'm a dad rock guy. We can maybe talk offline. I can send you some stuff. They're a top two band for me. I would say top yeah top three at worst. Top two probably. Anyway, um, yeah. We did a story about Philadelphia fans and uh, they're they are a uh, sort of Philadelphia-based band, but very Philadelphia-centric band. And so I talked to the lead singer as part of it, so it was really cool. That was a, it was a highlight, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, I Just some housekeeping real quick. I am having a new heating system uh, put in underneath the house, and you won't notice until you do. So uh, it's kind of like a drinking, a drinking game, maybe. You know, you hear like, then you, you know, take a shot. Don't do it in front of Mark, though, because he's uh, the assistant principal. <laughs> So, so for you listening and not watching, Mark has a suit and tie on, and we're just gonna we're just gonna mess with them all. Just gonna all wear podcast. me out about it. Mark has a suit and tie. I'm in a in a Sheridan in Philadelphia with odd lighting, so uh, the people of YouTube are gonna get a great view of both of my chins today. It's gonna be a fun <laughs> one. Hey, the baseball playoffs are happening. Hey, Grant. <laughs> They are. They are. It's a little postseason. I liked how you went into like Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey there. Hi, Hi. baseball. If you had 104 wins, would you try and win more than one game in the postseason? We'll just get the format stuff out of the way, right? You do you guys react the same way I do? Like, I don't even know. Were people complaining? Were actual teams complaining about the format on the record? Like when it was announced, the CBA? No, like, like I feel like. There was kind of a low-level format grumbling that was coming through, 
and then, you know, and look, I was out at the Dodgers series against the D-backs, and there was a little bit of format grumbling from Dodgers people, but nothing, like, too explicit. And then there were, you know, questions being asked after the Dodgers, the, the Braves, and the Orioles all lost. And I felt like those, the people asked kind of answered, I felt like the people asked answered pretty I, candidly that they weren't crazy about the format, but there's nothing you can do. You got to win your games. And it was sort of like almost, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it was, it was straw manned in some ways. Cause I don't, maybe I missed it, but I don't know if there were people specifically griping about the layoff being a factor in here. Like I thought Spencer Strider handled it pretty well. I think Dave Roberts was pretty candid about like, yeah, five days is more than we'd want, but what are you going to do? Like, we got to go, we have to play better baseball. I just, I don't know. I, like I, was maybe, the discourse created by a couple of stray tweets? I feel that way. I feel that way, but I could be wrong. So I go two ways. When the schedule was announced uh, or the format was announced, the changes to the postseason format, uh, we I think we did a pod uh, on it and uh, I was on record saying I don't like it. One of the things I didn't like about it was the unknown, just the unintended consequences of a long layoff. There's probably audio of me talking about it and I, I think producer Brian should go back and find it. But for the most part, I, I didn't like say this is going to be a problem. It's like, what if this is something that affects the outcome? And that's sort of where I am now. And I'm an agnostic. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, they could play better. But also the Dodgers were, you know, melted. They're, they just had shoulders all over the place. And some of them were on fire. <laughs> some of them were in toxic waste. And that's why they lost. But at the same time, I don't know that the, the format doesn't not make a difference. I'm so sick of this shit. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, it is difficult to not play baseball for five days and then play baseball again. I agree with that. But what's more difficult, five-day layoff or playing for your life in the first round after you've won 104 games? I would argue it's the latter, so everybody shut up about this. Holy shit, all right? Like, is it ideal to lay off? No, it's not. But what's worse Playing for your life in a short series when you've won 104 games against a team that has a 54% chance of winning against, like, I mean, that, stop with this, all right? Like, you, you get to escape one more pull of the slot machine. Take your W and shut up! Oh my god, like, what, have we lost our minds with this? Like, uh, it's like, I don't even understand the discourse because it's like, obviously, you want to skip around. Obviously, that is better, okay? Obviously, that is advantageous to not have to pull the trigger one more time in the Russian roulette game that is the Major League Playoffs. It is obvious to, to skip it altogether is better. So I don't get how people have lost sight of that and are, like, caught up in, like, the layoff. And, uh, and it's like, you get to skip. You got an easy pass for winning 104 games. Be happy about that. I feel like this is, I've never felt like this. I feel like the Q3 earnings came in underneath Target. Like that's, <laughs> I've always wanted to know what it's like to have like a middle manager scream at me about Q3 earnings. All I can think about is, is the advertisement is right. You are going to like the way you look. <laughs> oh. Always be closing. Mark. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Set of steak knives for the Braves. I was talking to an executive yesterday. I brought up the format thing, and I was like, hey, complaining about that's loser shit, right? And he was like, yeah, it's loser shit. He was like, every team will tell you. How about this? If you win your division next year, you get to choose. You can play in the wild card round, or you can take the bye. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So Here I we guess, go. No, okay. no, no, no. That's cooking with the good stuff. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Like There's no pick. downside to that. Remember when they had that, that idea that they're floating out where you had to pick your opponent? I like and, that. And yeah, all those Yankee fans that. were tweeting out that Biden quote of him going, Minnesota! Minnesota. Like, yeah. dude, I'm all about it. Choose your own adventure, baby. Okay, enough of this garbage excuse making. Like, you get to choose how you want to do this. You want to pull the lever on the slot machine after winning 104 ball games? Hey, it's your season. Go for it. I love it. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Is postseason baseball different than regular season baseball? And if so, how do you build a team 
capable of doing both? First of all, postseason baseball is generally fewer games. Um, <laughs> second, there's a chance that it could end early for some teams as opposed to just stretching on 560 games. Yeah, I mean, of course it's different. And you saw, I mean, teams are always trying to do, uh, I'm too far away from my bell, but, you know, they're trying to do the 14-15 Royals, shorten the game, right? That has That has not gone away. That has not aged poorly that is still the dream and you're seeing it where when the Astros bring Brian Abreu in it's just like oh well, okay I'll just uh, go to the potty come back and and there'll be another inning up so that's what's going on the Phillies to their credit a big part of why they're you know in a, in a good position and a commanding position in the NLCS because they addressed that bullpen and they worked hard to to build a, a functional bullpen. And the Diamondbacks, they were aggressive at the deadline getting seawalled. So, yeah, there it is different. And you know there's going to be a premium on the high leverage relievers. So that's the main thing. When it comes to, like, Freddie Freeman hitting because the lights are too bright. No, I don't I don't buy that. Or, you know, Mookie Betts. Oh, wow, he just can't do it. You know, that, that's stupid. That's casual talk. No, but he did have, like, non-productive at-bats. Oh, no, for sure. So the, like he the was question bad. is just what to extrapolate from that, if anything. He was bad. Don't get me wrong. But is, does that mean that he is uh, incapable of producing in the postseason? That's dumb as heck. I'm going to go back to, uh, this is one of my favorite examples. This is from like the 20s and 30s. Did you know that the NFL did not have a postseason until like, I think the late 20s, early 30s? What they did was... If you it, wasn't highest... until, it wasn't until your fashion icon, Vince Lombardi, took over, right? That's right. That's right. God family of the Green Bay Packers. If you were going to dress as Hank Stram for Halloween, you could have waited a couple weeks. You could matriculate the ball down the yeah, field. Right. Yeah. Um, so, like, they didn't have playoffs. And what they did was that the, the, the team with the best record won the championship. Now, I think that's ridiculous in football. It's like soccer. It's, yeah, very yeah, European. It, it's crazy, right? But, like, that's how they did it. If we were concerned about having the best team in baseball be the champions, and that's how we do it, because that's the true test of who the best team in baseball is. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the champion of baseball. We're looking for the World Series champion of baseball, and that means this is a system which we, in which we do it. So this idea that everything's flawed because the best team doesn't win, yo, where have you been for the last 125 freaking years in this sport? <laughs> Come on. Like, that, it's never worked that way. Okay, and if you want it to work that way, then be the NFL of the 20s and don't have a postseason tournament. All right, congratulations to the Braves, you know. Just follow the NBA. Like if you are like dead set on I need a sport that that gives me the results I want, like baseball's not for you, hockey's right. not I mean, for you. And, and that's the fundamental disconnect. You're right, Grant. Like, I mean, that 54% number is true. Right, that when you've got an edge in the sport, it's a 4% edge, not like in the NBA where it's like closer to 80. All right. Like that. I mean, that's just fundamentally how this thing's set up. So if if you want to account for that by saying that we're going to crown a champion by by playing 162 and seeing who comes out on top, then great. Congratulations. You're the run differential trophy goes to you. And like, that's great. But I mean, what fun is that? What fun is that? The, the World Series is just an exercise in who gets the most uh, dominoes falling in their favor combined with talent. Don't get me wrong. Like if the Rangers win, the Rangers are going to win because they have Evan Carter. And Evan Carter is doing great things and he's playing above his age and he seems like a, uh, a cool as a cucumber type player. Yes, that is a part of it. But it's also going to be because Mitch Garver hits three triples in a game or something. They batted him third and he hit a grand slam. That's what the World Series That's is, you know, about. like it's it's just it's a culmination of, of who has the most things go right. Like Bruce Bochy, if he takes the Rangers to the championship, he's going to get lauded and rightfully so. But do the Giants win even one championship if Brooks Conrad fields a simple ground ball? Because if the Giants are bounced in that first round, there's changes. They're making different personnel moves. There's a butterfly effect. Like I don't know the answer to that. That's what the postseason is. It's butterfly effect stuff. Dude, you know what I think is the thing that gets me fired up about this is that if a casual fan basically has a take on this and they're admitting that they haven't wrapped their minds around the fact that so much of baseball is predicated on luck, that's understandable. They're casual fans. 
But when people who are longtime baseball folks start talking about this stuff in those terms, it's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, this thing is luck. That's not a bad thing. I'm not dis that's not to diminish the skill and hard work and talent required to assemble a really good baseball team. And all those things are required. You don't just luck in to a really good baseball team. You got to make your own luck to get in the tournament to get lucky. But let's make no mistake, the center of this thing is fortune. It's the bounces, right? Like, and you just, it's a great example. You come up with a hundred more and you're either comfortable with that and just accept it or you're not. And, and so when casual fans get all mad about it, I understand it. That's a hard thing to wrap your mind around, especially when, hey, with the NBA, the NFL, like it's less luck based. All right. But longtime baseball people complaining about this, like you guys, come on. That's like almost disingenuous. You know what the deal is. Accept it. It's one of the reasons why I think a no-hitter is so much fun and it's a perfect encapsulation of the sport is because it's skill combined with luck. Do you think Do you think that Roger Clemens never threw a no-hitter because he wasn't good enough at pitching? That's ridiculous. He just didn't have that pachinko ball bounce in the way that got him to a no-hitter. So a no-hitter is just that perfect combination. You got to be good to do it, but you got to get a little bit lucky at some point with balls in play. Watch every no-hitter ever thrown and, and talk to the pitcher afterward and they will admit to you there was a bunch of pitches where they missed and got away with it. Where it's like they could throw that pitch 10 times and 9 times it's in the seats and this one time it's popped up. And that happens over... And I think that's beautiful. That's not a flaw in the game. I think that's wonderful. That, that you can do everything right and it still might not work out. Like the chaos of it is what makes the game great. All right? I don't want that lost. I want to lean into it. That's why, you know, I like the postseason tournament. I also don't like it when you win 104 games and you whine about structure. Uncle, play better. Totally. It's all luck. You guys are both ready to work in front offices. There's no difference. <laughs> and that would explain why Mark is dressed up like he's about to make a trade with Roland Heeman. So, like, we're all good to go. Yeah. No, like, I, I'm... <laughs> I am with you guys for, I guess what I wonder is like if you're, the Dodgers are a little bit different this year because it seems like fairly obvious what they should try and improve. They need an actual functioning starting rotation. I don't know if, you know, it's not like a character flaw or like a design flaw that prevented them from having a functional starting rotation this year. It was like significant injuries, Eduardo Rodriguez you know, turning down a trade, Julio Urias, you know, being arrested, you know, he things can even go like, back to Trevor Bauer. I mean, like it's lots well, of things have happened. Yeah. I mean, I would say that signing Trevor Bauer is a design flaw, but yes. Whereas like, but okay. So if you're, if you are the Dodgers, um, it's like, okay, yeah, we need better pitching and we need our two best players to get more than one hit. And then we'll probably advance further. That seems relatively straightforward. If you're the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series two seasons ago, uh, were absolutely ferocious uh, the year before and lost a you know a crazy NLCS to the Dodgers in 2020, have been a perennial playoff team. Uh, after winning the World Series, became an even better team, and the problem seems to I don't even know if it's a problem, but have just run into you know the the Philly buzzsaw these past two years like. What do you take out of that? What do you do with that? I don't know, but I think naturally Very as people who write about the sport, uh, who are servicing fans who want answers, it seems fairly challenging to present it as like, oh, well, baseball, you know? So, like, I <laughs> I don't know. I Because I'm with you guys. Like, I think fundamentally like, that is probably the correct answer. It's like, well, you kind of need to just play better. The Braves situation is is confounding, but also it, it, the Phillies are a team who it feels like, um, I'm going to try and say this in a way that isn't condescending. It's like they play down to their competition during the regular season, and then they play up to their talent uh, in the postseason, it seems, the last two years. Because like you look around the diamond, right? And it's like, okay, JT Romuto, probably the best catcher in the sport. You got Bryce Harper at first base. Bryson Stott's a first-round pick. Trey Turner's a $300 million player. Alec Baum's a first-round pick. You know, Brandon Marsh had like an 800 OPS. Nick Castellanos is a $100 million player. You know, Kyle Schwarber makes $20 million a year. Zach Wheeler is like one of the best big-game pitchers in the last few years. And you're like, this team won 90 games? Like what the what the heck? You know, uh, so it, it's almost like they are they are they feel like a tr uh, a true talent team 
above their uh, what their record was. And so it seems like, you know, they're kind of all these kooky wild card. And it's like, no, they have a good player at every position, you know? <laughs> uh, let's take time out for traffic at the 30-minute mark. What's going on out there? Uh, Mark, how's well, 580 I'm, looking? I'm the traffic reporter now. Yeah, is that why you're wearing the suit? Oh, I see. You are, This is Mornings on 2. You want to know how the, 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 the Nimitz Freeway is moving this morning. Yeah. Well, it's Grant, backed up at the it's, maze. It's slow and go up to Hagenberger. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm, I'm sick of your shit. That's it. Uncle. You got, you got 20 minutes of free shots for both. That's enough now. All right. Uh, to your point, yes, the Phillies no, are it looks good, good on you, though. <laughs> I should do this every week because, like, you're for the first time, you're both legitimately funny. <laughs> That's funny. That's uh, funny. Yes, the Phillies are a good team, and it, how do you? How do you, <laughs> you can't get analysis like this anywhere else, dude? Man, it's what you we think, do. It's what we do. You think you're getting this on Starkville? Get out of here. Get out of there. I was getting to a point. Well, how do you sell the idea that the Braves can lose because of baseball? I think it's by making the same points that you are, that the Phillies are a good team. And that sometimes when uh, a mommy and a daddy, no, like sometimes when like two teams get together, the really good team can lose to the very good team. And that's, I, I don't know, that, that seems like simpleton stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, Nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash theathletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient-specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. In recent years, there's this satisfaction in sports, and I think it's re it's related to everyone wanting to sort of be a pseudo GM, that everything has an explanation, that that the outcome happened because of X, Y, and Z. It's easily traceable. If they just changed one of those things and the outcome's different, I know this hired me to be your GM. Okay, yo, baseball's never gonna be that. Because, like, I look at the Atlanta Braves and, 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 like, I know our colleague Jeff Schultz wrote that things have to change, okay? And I think that's an understandable take after watching what they've done. But it's, like, for the life of me, I don't even know what that would be. What? What are you going to change? Huh? Like, one less good player? Like, are you kidding? Like, I mean, look, they're the 27 freaking Yankees. They just ran into a buzzsaw that's playing well. They ran into a team that had guys who throw really hard and a manager 
by the way, that wasn't afraid to defy some convention and, and, and do some creative things to win. So that's a credit to the Philadelphia Phillies. All right. Like it's not all like I, I cannot stand this idea that when you lose, it's all your fault. It's something that you didn't do. Nah, man, your opponent was really good. And you're playing a sport in which whatever edge there is, is 4%. This happens. I wouldn't change, what, less team-friendly contracts? Is that what they should change <laughs> in Atlanta? Like, what? what is there to change? Yeah, I, I mean, I think like, part seriously, of the, what? He, Jeff was suggesting in the column, and look, I'm not around the team enough to, uh, you know, to, to get at it, but that they may have lost something within the clubhouse culture when Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson left. I don't know. They slugged 501 as a team. I think they just, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, they were playing a team that got hot and they had a five-day layoff. I mean, think about how hard it is to take five <laughs> days off. <and> hit. <laughs> um, I have a Rob Thompson thought. Before you get there, just just a twenty second timeout. I'm not ripping. What do you what need, Jeff... Coach Pop? <laughs> I'm not ripping what Jeff wrote at all. Okay, because like I said, that's a perfectly understandable take when you've watched this thing and then you see the outcome. I, I totally understand, and, and and you bring up a point like, dude, he's in there all the time. I'm not, but still, like it's just it's so difficult for me to just sort of like, you know, look for things to change just because of the outcome like when it's obvious that what they've built there and and what they still have and by the way they're not going anywhere okay so like they've done everything right that's all i'm saying like this is they're not a one-hit wonder dude the braves are gonna come at you again next year that's impressive they've been this good for like year after year after year that ain't luck at this point if you could just put money down on one team, no odds, right? And I mean, I've put money down on a lot of teams uh, recently, baseball teams specifically. <laughs> but if you could just like put theoretical money down on one team to be good, have the best winning percentage over the next five years, right? Even odds all across. What team are you picking? It's the Braves. It is the Braves. It is 100% the Braves. Like I just, I don't, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? They offer stability, which, you know, our guest Jerry Sloan can talk about as the head coach of the Utah Jazz for so many years. <laughs> hey, hey, Andy, 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 when Mark calls roll, I'm going to say that I'm Andy and you're Grant. <laughs> Stop yeah. chewing gum in my school. Anyway, you had a Thompson thought, Andy. I had a Rob Thompson thought. I, I was saying this. I, this kind of struck me yesterday. But like, I don't, you know, I don't want to overstate my assessment of Rob Thompson's skill as a manager. But I think he seems like he's pretty good. Seems like he's pretty pretty good at what he does. He seems like the players seem to respond to him. He seems like he has good relationships where he can, you know, we talked about the situation with Ranger Suarez last week where he kind of you know, didn't communicate with Suarez, but knew he could make it up on the back end. You watch him manage in the postseason. You're like, this guy seems to press the right button fairly often. Isn't it weird that someone who seems to be this well-suited for the job couldn't get one? Isn't that weird? What does that say about the interview process, what teams are looking for, what they value, that someone who... Obviously inherited a team with a lot of talent, but also inherited a team that was like 10 games under 500 or whatever the Phillies were, you know, last year. And is like, seems to have, you know, performed pretty well on this stage two years in a row. Like, what does it say about what, that this guy, that this like clearly detail-oriented, clearly communicative, clearly uh, 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 effective strategist couldn't get a managerial job? That's weird to me. Have you guys seen The Right Stuff, the movie? No. Okay. Well, first off, come on. Second of all, a uh, great movie. It's about uh, the space program and, and leading up into, you know, Apollo 11. But it goes deep into the, the history. And there is just a scene where they put a, two astronauts or potential astronauts in a, a simulation, a capsule, and they start just throwing things at them. And like there's steam hissing and there's, and they've been up for 36 hours. And one guy's just like, ow, 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 ow. And the other guy's taking a nap, you know? That, that's just how it is. 
It, you don't have that for baseball. You don't have that. Shut up. Shut up, <laughs> producer Brian. There are no spoilers there. We got to the moon, damn it. Some people say. I'm not so sure. But no, seriously, there's nothing like that for baseball managers. Like, you, you can ask all the questions. You can say, you know, if a train is leaving Poughkeepsie at, at 10 a.m. and it gets to Austin at this, uh, do you bunt? Yeah, you can ask all those questions, but you're not going to know how someone's going to react in the moments that Rob Thompson has seemingly reacted well. I also don't think you ever truly know how they're going to make relationships in that spot. See, what changes fundamentally is that when you go from like a bench coach to a manager, is is all the other things that come with being a manager. You sort of have that mandate now to talk to your players a certain way. And until you have it, you don't know how they're going to respond. I think it's very clear that Rob Thompson was a highly respected major league coach for many, many years. Like trusted, competent, popular, all these things. But what changed in Philly was that they put him in a chair. And after that happens, you really don't know how that's going to play. You really don't. And I think what happens in hiring processes, and this isn't just in baseball, this is everywhere, is that it gets really easy to look at somebody's background, what they've done, and typecast them. Right, and and it became very easy to look at Rob Thompson's resume, and then it almost becomes a self-fulfilling thing. Whoa, he's 59 years old or whatever, and he hasn't gotten a crack yet. What's wrong with him? And and it's like that isn't fair, right? Because you you really don't know how they're going to respond when they've got the mandate. And now the conversations he can have with players are fundamentally different because he's the manager. And in Rob Thompson's case. It's really cool to watch him thrive. He's obviously very good at it, right? From the outside, you can see just the way the players talk about him. This is not a team that just like smoothly got through the season, by the way. They went through some stuff, like a lot of these teams did. And obviously, Rob Thompson was one of the steadying forces on that staff to help get them through. Dude, you can't, just like your, your you know, right stuff example, like you just, you're never going to be able to tell until you put him in the chair. Um, and I think it's a reminder of being careful about making assumptions about people based on just their background, right? Like, oh, he's a veteran guy. He's locked in. No, he's not. He's exactly the opposite of being locked in his ways. We saw it in practice, and it's the reason they're still playing, potentially. So, no, nah, man, I think it's it's kind of cool. It's a great reminder. Hey, like, you just don't typecast people man like you just you don't know what you're going to get and sometimes it's 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 really good like and, and and credit to the Phillies credit to them you know putting Rob in that chair and having the wisdom to be like you know what this is working out pretty well what's the interview question like where it's like okay pretend for the sake of argument that you have a player uh, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 15 years old and is now making 300 plus million dollars. Also, uh, you have a big uh, galute who is hitting under the Mendoza line but seems to come up with home runs at all times. Uh, you've got other nine-figure players all over the roster. You've got some young players you got to fill in. How do you handle that, sir? Like, <laughs> what no that you, you don't plan for that it's just you you hope that your guy is going to mesh all that into like a nice tapestry the ranger suarez thing is really interesting to me because i'll never be in a position where i'm hiring a manager but if i was giving like a you know whatever that sort of thing does that said, mean hey. mark didn't get the job <laughs> <laughs> he dressed up in a suit and tie and you're not going to hire him? Yeah, Jesus. All right, sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, but like if you ask me like, hey, so you have a situation where, you know, you're going to need to use a pitcher in a slightly different situation, you know, how would you handle it? I would be like, oh, you need to communicate with him. You cannot, you know, can you don't want to confuse him, like blah, blah, blah. And he kind of did the opposite and then was just like, yeah, I will I will fix it on the back end. <laughs> and, and, like, if you said that in an interview, so someone would be like, you'll fix it on the – yeah, okay, this dumbass, you know. Like, <laughs> that just – see, you know, but that's what the job is, is, like, having feel, you know, having the ability to read the room, to read relationships. And, yeah, you – I don't know. It's just um, the typecasting thing, like, that was – what when I uh, everyone was making fun of me because I went on this you know that that 
rant defending Dayton Moore like a month or so ago. But that was kind of what I was talking about is this idea that like a person's experience can somehow be used against them, you know, and their and their sort of like their expertise and all the things they've learned can be used as like a cudgel when it's like, well, it might be, but it's also like evidence that this person has been doing something right to stay in this chair for so long, you know. And so, yeah, I think the idea of like typecasting, like there probably won't be a 60-year-old first-time manager hired this winter in this round of hiring, right? And, uh, you know, probably something will be lost because of that. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, in fairness, though, too, we're only looking at one half of the equation here. This was the right team for Rob Thompson. Like, you got to have the right... It's, it's, it's really about situation, and I think my point really is, you know, sometimes it might be the 59-year-old dude. And that you have to be open to that. And sometimes it's not. Like, we should also, like, realize that, like, you can't just default to, you know, your biases. But I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. Is like, I, I think sometimes when I look at these jobs and whatever, like, it's clear to me that, like, biases come into play. And then and, and that's human. Like, that's not a... I mean, it, you know, biases are a part of everything that we do. I think the, the point of higher ground is when you're able to recognize that and then address it. But that doesn't mean the biases go away. And and so I wonder sometimes in these processes, like, are clubs doing a better job of that or not? You know, like, because if, if you become prisoner to your biases, like, you never get the right outcome. Like, you, you're you're really subject to, to missing out on guys like Rob Thompson. Or, or like, on the flip side of this, Alyssa Nacken. Okay? Like, I mean, you, you I think that you got to, like, be conscious about these things and work hard to, to beat them back. All right. And that part of this is knowing your room, man, like that. I mean, I don't know. Rob Thompson could have also failed at this. Like, I think some of this is just like, who are you inheriting? And like, what kind of club is not luck? He's got Bryce Harper. He's also making his luck there, too. He is right. Like he's he's got to be able to um, read the room. Like you say, I think feel is massive. Okay, and you can't quantify it, but it's there. It matters. So. So if you're an owner, you would consider someone who's on the a little bit more experienced as the, as a manager, maybe like someone closer, like 67 years old, maybe with some experience, maybe a manager of the year, several times over. Would you, Four Mark times. Carrig, hire Buck Walter? Well, of course. Yeah. Oh, He's a good manager. Yeah. Sure. Of the right circumstances, young team or whatever. Sure. Why not? For real, like honestly, no, for like real. no like, bit, no bit, yeah, no bit. Right. Because okay, okay, this is no bit. My only point with Buck is that I feel like he got a lot of credit for being this like insanely great manager, and I don't know if he's quite that, but is he a good one? Yeah, there's a reason he keeps getting hired. There's a reason why the teams that when he le- they have success, like that's not a fluke, man. Like there's some stuff that he's doing that is obviously time tested and working well. So all respect, of course, I'd hire someone like that. If, if the situation if the were right, of course I would. situation were right, yeah. You know, part of me thinks that all this stems from when Mark knocked on Buck's door to sell him solar panels. Like, <laughs> Buck was really rude. Maybe it's just as simple as that. <laughs> God, the boys are going to love this at the Q3 meeting. Oh, <laughs> gosh. That is great. When I'm sitting there in the conference room at the courtyard Marriott in Nashville. Hi, can I speak to uh, William Showalter? <laughs> I think it's Nathaniel Buck. Show- anyway. Oh, is it Nathaniel? I thought it was William Nathaniel. I, Sorry. So I think it's Nathaniel. But anyway. Is it? Dang. Yes. I it, thought it was William Nathaniel. It is William Nathaniel. Damn it. Like exponentially, have thought about Buck Showalter more. In the past <laughs> it's year crazy, right? Than it's my crazy entire life. Yeah, how much like, we have to talk about him. You brought him up last week, and you brought him up again today, Grant. Oh like no, you're it's two a bit. Two. No, I'd like. I come on. I'm gonna dive into a bit, but uh, you yeah. know, uh, to it's me like as worms, a yeah. as a humble blogger, the only thing I knew about was that the like, gif where he like tried to fist bump someone. And was like, oh, I didn't get a fist bump. That's all I know about him. Did your feelings get hurt when you got called a jack off blogger podcaster? No, because that's what I am. (laughs) When did that happen? (laughs) I don't know. It was like my first thought. I was like, dang, that's messed up. What did Grant do? Oh, Oh, man. Damn, man. Like, (laughs) 
Grant's just a reporter trying to get by, man. Like that's that that's how I would describe myself at all times. A reporter just trying to get just by. Just trying to get just, by. Just looking just trying the next to feed story. legitimate information to the masses. We, I don't we don't need another person to defend friend of the pod Jake Mintz oh, for what sure he did don't. the other night. No. Uh, I will say that I had some friends from home, uh, like some friends from high school who like texted me and one of them was like, Have you ever heard of a reporter doing this before? And I was like when I was a beat writer, I did that like five times a week for nine years. Thanks for reading, <laughs> dipshits. Like, <laughs> like I did that every day. <laughs> like, but whatever. Uh, I'm glad that we're going to lose the clubhouse because of Jake. Uh, so, yeah, things, <laughs> things are good. No. Once I find out which one of them Jake is, I'm going to give him the business. <laughs> <laughs> That Love was you, Jake. that was something. God bless Jake, friend of the pod. Him and Kevin Ginkle, friend of the pod. <laughs> Brandon uh, Pafat. Brandon Fott was very good. Was very good in the in the NLDS. Strong, strong. Well, we've we have listened to our overlord Tim's idea of not discussing anything besides the ALCS, so we're in a good spot for this episode. The Astros are down 2-0. That's a little concerning. I mean, if you're an Astros fan, not for me personally, but like, you know, like that's a, I, I like, I don't know. I've been, I've been covering the NLCS, so I haven't had a chance to watch these games all that closely, but like, I don't know. The Rangers are for real. They got good players. They got Corey Seager. You know, they got, uh, they got some pitching. Um, they've shown that the way, as we've always said on this show is to build through free agency. So yeah, they're, I don't know. I love, <laughs> I love how they have like a, just a wild card with Max Scherzer. Just like, uh, I'm going to play, like, it's like an Uno and you play a card and it's got like these weird runic symbols on it and you don't know what to make of it. Like, it's, what do they got? What kind of Uno card are they playing? I don't know. It's fascinating and bless them for that. Yeah, he is the sort of like, I cut the brakes. <laughs> like, <all this> <laughs> Wow, card. Like, you know, you could see, yeah, you could tell me he goes six innings, you know, scoreless, or he goes, he picks up four outs. Who knows? Do I snip the, the, the red wire or the blue wire? The red wire, blue, tell me. Uh, I'll pick one. I, I cut them both. Let's go. You know, let's see what happens. It's such a great so comp. Because, like, you, okay, they're, they're down, or I'm sorry, the Rangers are up 2-0, and, and they've taken both games at the road park. And you got Max Scherzer in the hopper. And, and of all those things, I'm just not sure what the last one actually means. Right? Like, this, is that good? Is that a problem? Like, <laughs> and it could be both. <laughs> it, so I mean, good. you have no idea what you're going to get there. I mean, you know he's a competitor, right? You know that um, he's got it in him to shove. No doubt about it. But, you know, what, what he's dealt with injury-wise, timing, whatever, like, those are very real things. So who knows? Who knows? And I think that's... That is interesting, and like the result of that, by the way, could turn the whole darn thing, right? Like that could that could shift the series pretty quickly, depending on what he got or what he doesn't got. You steal a game that first game in Arlington, and then you maybe take another game there, and then you're heading back to Houston, and you're feeling pretty good. But if he if he is the Max Scherzer that we're used to, like that that is just such a you know, double middle fingers just flailing all around and just saying, we got this, we got this. No one's coming back. Dave Roberts isn't stealing second base. Like, we got this. No, he's, no, he's not, he's not even at that series, actually. It's a historical reference. Is it near there's a bunch of accidents <sighs> floating around? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they traded all their good players. I don't know if you caught that this summer. <laughs> We talked about it like every Zach episode. Zach Wheeler didn't get traded this summer. <clears throat> no. Zach oh. Wheeler's a big game pitcher, man. Zach Boy, Wheeler, he's, uh, he tends he's under, to show up. He's man. underrated. He's criminally underrated. Well, actually. so, you know, I actually, so we do this, the aces list every year, right? And he has pretty consistently ranks as the, like the first guy below the aces. If that makes sense. He's an right? applicant. The classic applicant. No, he's right? not. He's not. No? Because he doesn't get a lot. Of, a lot of people look at, like, the the, the, the reports we get back on Wheeler. Um, for people who are unfamiliar, we do this. We do this thing called the Aces Project where project. Uh, we, we send out. Yeah, Mark and I uh, started doing it a few years ago. And, um, you know, when he retired to the clergy, we've, uh, you know, got some 
other people involved. So Hadav Sharma and Will Salmon have helped out the last couple of years. And so, um, and the way it works is like we send out these surveys, basically with a list of like 60 pitchers to scouts, GMs, you know, uh, various executives and are like, put a one through five grade on them, right? Like, are they an ace? Are they a number two? And Wheeler, there's some people who, who say he's an ace, but we pr- pretty consistently get back number two, number two, number two. The thing is, there's been some fluctuation of, like, who's a one. You know, we'll have, you know, like, uh, Shane Bieber was, like, really up there. And then, oh, wait, oh, he's down. Maybe he's a three. Wheeler, every year, it's, like, two, two, two. He, he scores in, you know, the upper 80s, which is, like, a sign of, you know, being not a not a number one, but very, very close. And the consistency of it, I think, is what's most impressive. The way that since, you know, he's really since 20. 18, I want to say the first year he was really healthy and able to make like 32 starts. Like he, you can kind of pencil him in for like somewhere with an ERA, somewhere in the low threes, you know, good strikeout rate, big fastball. And he's shown up in the postseason. You know, he's a, like, he's a, he's a legit player. He's really, really good. Really, really good. Longtime readers of my dumb writing will have heard this before, but I'm going to share it with people for the pod who might not know, but I have this theory of baseball that when something's funny, you just do it. And so, for example, the Giants had a reliever, a left-handed reliever, Mike Stanton, and they let him go in free agency and the Reds signed him and they got a draft pick for that signing. And with that draft pick, they could have drafted a prospect named Mike Stanton and he became Giancarlo Stanton, right? That would have been the funny thing. And it would have been the smart thing. He was right there when they were picking with that compensatory draft pick. Same thing with the Twins. The Twins had uh, Taylor Rogers in their bullpen. Tyler Rogers was coming through the Rule 5 draft. They could have put him on the roster to give them literal Twins in the bullpen. Didn't do it. Tyler Rogers is now a really good reliever, right? I think the Giants should have signed Zach Wheeler to a big contract because it would have been funny. It would have been funny for all the people who are still complaining about Carlos Beltran all these years. And like Zach Wheeler didn't do much with the Mets. Now he's Zach Wheeler. And that would be funny. So my, if I'm a GM, do things that are funny, that kind of hit those notes. I don't see any problem here. His career is funny, right? When you really look at, at how it, it turned out, you mentioned the Beltran trade, his time with the Mets. You know, he was part of this this constellation of young arms that people were very excited about. And half of them had nicknames, right? Like it's Matt Harvey, uh, Noah Syndergaard, Jacob deGrom, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler had his ninth postseason start. That's the most of that group in their career. Wow. And Zach Wheeler, I think, is like, I don't know, 10 war behind deGrom. I'm going to bet that Wheeler's going to pass that guy because Jake might not be the same again if he gets back. And and Wheeler, we know what he is, and, and the guy stayed healthy and has been a horse. So I think it, it's just been a fascinating career. He was probably the most underrated of those. And by the way, I'm not sure you can find a multi-year deal for a starting pitcher in the last five years that's been better than the one that Zach Wheeler got from the Phillies. And they did it by betting, and this is so common now, but when they made that signing, they were betting simply on the fact that he missed bats. You know, the stuff's great. We think he's going to be able to repeat it. Let's pay him. And I remember people in the industry going, and this speaks to your point, Andy, about the number two thing and whatever. Like, They were just like, man, that's a lot of money for someone who hadn't done anything. And I think I remember Brody Van Wagenen saying something to that effect and explained the decision not to try to resign him. So uh, just a great reminder, these things are never linear. And, and guys get better, man. Zach Wheeler is just so much more polished than the pitcher that I covered, right? So And, and we're seeing it on the biggest stages is that, you know, he was always a pretty athletic guy. And, and you know how this goes with pitchers. Sometimes when you're too athletic, right, it, gets, it, it can be difficult to maintain good mechanics because your athleticism helps cover up for bad habits. You watch Wheeler now. And he smoothed all that out. And that's a, that's a testament to a dude who takes his craft super seriously, which he always did. Boy, he just got a lot better. I am... <laughs> <laughs> Producer Brian got uh, in a shot. Yeah, this. Producer Brian's Chiron said, is Mark dressed like Wheeler's agent? Oh, oh that's Brian, a good... that joke hits closer to home than you could ever know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. This has been episode seven. That's your seven. guy. That's your, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. That's... Who is Wheeler's agent? There, there's dirt here. Uh, 
Well, it's, whose meal is aged? It's like it's, it was B.B. Abbott. It's B.B. Abbott. Group. You know yeah. who it is, Mark. Mark did a wonderful job covering Zach Wheeler. And, they, and they, you had a good relationship with him. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say we still do. He's, he's yeah. you know, good dude. We're like, for example, day, when actually. I wanted to talk to him for something last year, Mark sent him a text just say, like, hey, I'm going to send a big galoot your way who's going to come talk to you. And, <laughs> you know, Wheeler was like, hey, Mark said you're right. What's up, man? You know. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Rangers Phillies, I guess, next week. Uh, oh God, you're, you're yeah. dropping a prediction. Uh, sure, yeah, I'll go sure. Rangers Phillies. I'll that do that too. Like Let's go three for three. All right, all right. Uh, this has been episode seventy. I will say that the real postseason hero is me because as this was going on, I had uh, duct work going on underneath my house. I had my editor in in Andy Bagley going back and forth, uh, talking about him being on the Today Show. I had like my brother texting my mom and including me on a group chat about the 1989 earthquake. These are all notifications popping up on here. And did I crumble? No, baby. I'm just as smooth as ever. And that's the round table guarantee uh, that it's all about me. So episode 70 in the book. <laughs> Mark. Oh, and that's the other thing. Like I had Mark, like he's like constantly like DMing me. Have you heard the good word? Have you heard the good word? Like he has risen. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. It's called the round table and we'll be back next week. Uh, Mark, you're, you're at the microphone. What do you want to say? Have you considered, have you considered where you're going to spend eternity? Because I've got some plots that I think you need to see. Grant, Mark looks like the court-appointed attorney you got for stabbing Gabe Kapler in the back. <laughs> I, I swear I can't make this up. My uh, Melissa Lockhart, my editor, and Baggerly are, t- are text or DMing in Slack back and forth about Beltron and Wheeler. I swear to God, this is my life. They are like right now talking about Wheeler and Beltron. Yeah, all right. This has been episode 70 of the Roundtable. Back next week, housekeeping. It'll be a Wednesday podcast uh, because of being on assignment. So we will see you then. We'll talk about baseball because that's what we do. See you then. I was very wrong. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.